Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Active Optimist podcast. This is Arena, your host, the Active Optimist. With everything I do, I want you to believe that you don't have to be depressed forever. I truly believe that depression is the ultimate cry for help, not for happiness, but for connection back to ourselves and what truly matters. I'm here each week to support you, bring community, and give you daily actions to address the social, psychological, and biological causes of depression so that you can step into the life you know you're meant to lead. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. This is Irina Erickson, and welcome to this episode. Before we start this episode, I just want to say two things. One, thank you so much to everyone who is listening now that listened to the first three. That's amazing. I had such an amazing response to the show and what I'm trying to do, and it just gave me so much love and so much joy and just really made my whole year, basically, my whole life. So thank you so much. And I just want to say to anyone who is thinking of doing something, who wants to do something, who has a passion for something that needs to be put out into the world to just do it, do it now, do it messy, take action as always, take action as always, and just go for it. Because if you wait until the moment that you feel you're fully ready to do something, that you feel you're perfectly ready, that it's perfect, that all your ducks are lined up in a row, you're never going to do it. So just do it. And um, the people that need to be there will be there. It's just one step, one break through your fear. And yeah, so I just want to tell you to just go do it. Put that music out there. Do that artwork. Put your poetry out there. That podcast, that YouTube channel. Start that business. Just do it. And if no one else is telling you to do it, I'm telling you to go do it. And also, any friend that you have, any good friend that you have will tell you to just put it out there. That's what really helped me. Having friends tell me, just put it out there. Anything you do will be great, will be amazing. Just put it out there. And if you don't, then you'll never actually see the possibility of what could happen. And we don't want to live in regret. And the other thing that I want to say, which also pertains to this episode, is that when you do put it out there, there will always be people who don't like what you're doing. When you're actually saying something of substance, when you're actually talking about something that is a sensitive topic, when you're, you know, stepping outside of the realm of what they think is possible, or even if they actually really want to do what you're doing and they're just not brave enough to do it, there will always be these people. And it's just a reality and it's sad, but it's true. And I had those people, I had two people that were very close to me that I was really disappointed in their response to the podcast. And I would like to say that I wasn't affected, but I was pretty big time. Our brain is very protective of us and is quite primitive. And I think that it has a tendency to focus on the negatives and put more weight on those opinions. I was for sure doing this and self-sabotaging and just letting my disappointment in the response consume me and my project and just the joy and celebration that I actually did it. Like I actually did it. That's crazy. And it got me into a pretty like negative space where I just was feeling icky, uggy. It was just not there. 
really just overthinking, like constantly rethinking, rethinking what they didn't say, what they did say, what that said about just ruminating on their response and kind of not being able to focus on other things. Also, when I get this type of rejection, also when I get this type of rejection, my default is to disconnect from that person, which isn't the most effective, but say la vie. Um, but that also makes me disconnect from other people that I need to, I want to be connecting with and the world around me. So it got to a point a couple days later, I got to a point where I was like, this needs to change. Um, and I actually wrote down what I was feeling. And then I wrote, how can I change my attitude? Because I really believe that our attitude is the one thing we always have control over, no matter what the circumstances is. How are we going to greet this? So how can I change my attitude? And I went through a lot of the tools and the knowledge that I know about attitude and mindfulness. I went through a lot of them. None of them worked, didn't really feel different. I was cycling through them. And the one that stuck was the decision to, I'm going to celebrate me and I'm not going to let these people take away my celebration. So I'm going to celebrate that I actually put together this podcast. I actually impacted people in the first three episodes and I pushed through my fears and showed up and people were there who needed me. I showed up and people were there. So anyway, this goes to show that the knowledge and the tools that I will be talking about in this podcast or the knowledge and tools that you learn in other places are very important and must be practiced so that at any point in time we can pull from them and we have the library of these tools to figure out what's going to actually help me in this moment, what's going to bring me to a place that I want to be and help me move past this. So that was just what I want to say. That was my little reflection from my launch. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into the episode. So the topic for today's episode is perfection and depression, and more specifically, a perfectionist experiencing depression, meaning that your depression is perfectly hidden by your perfectionistic traits, your perfectionistic values, and the perfect face that you put on for the world to see that hides your depression. And my hunch is that most people who are depressed fall under this category of not the classical presentation of depression, but the person who has the job, has the kids, has the house, has the schoolwork, is performing really well and whatever they're doing, but they feel really depressed. They feel really dead, really empty, and just a walking corpse most of the time while they have all these things and you're able to perform socially, professionally, you're able to do all the things, check all the boxes while you're out and about when you come home and when you stop moving or just when you are in tune with yourself, you know deep down that you are struggling, that you're depressed and that something has to change. If this describes you, then that's what I'm going to be talking about today. If it doesn't describe you, then just hang on for the journey, I guess. And this is not to dismiss anyone else's experience with depression, but I think it's very important to talk about 
because one, I experienced it. Two, I think that more people than we think are depressed, but they're they're putting on a show, a face, a mask for the world. And three, that it's not talked about enough in a productive way. Or it's chalked up to be, oh, this is proof that depression is an illness that can hit anyone anytime and is used to dismiss the systemic causes of depression and that it is a systemic experience that builds up over time. So yeah, so if you're that person, if you're the person who seems to have it all, who has it all, but is dead inside, if you are the person that if you kill yourself, no one would know why, then this is what I'm talking about. And I think it comes from a sense that we are constantly being evaluated. To a certain extent, we are, but I think that when it gets to this point, it is an overextended, used muscle. So it's definitely rising, and people have looked at this, especially in young people and college students, for example, we have found that perfectionism, self-orientated and socially prescribed perfectionism is positively associated with depression and other physiological changes that happen with depression or pre can predispose you to depression. And this judgment that we're feeling, I think we shield with perfectionism. And our perfectionism is our way our our attempt to shield ourselves from judgment from others but the sad thing is that we have no control of how others see us even though we keep frantically trying to get to this impossibility i think that with most perfectionists and i know this from going through college and just living that perfection does boil down to being a survival skill of sorts it's a survival skill in a sense because we've all been hurt, we've all been disappointed, we've all been rejected, and we've all been wrongfully judged or judged shamefully, and we're trying to protect ourselves. I know that each one of us has gone through something that we wouldn't have survived if we didn't develop the skill. And I don't need to know the specifics, but I know the hurt. But there does come a point where these skills that we use to survive, perfectionism that we use to survive, has protected us for so long that we have stopped noticing when we need it or when we don't. And it's good for protecting us against loss from heartbreak, but it also blocks out other emotions and actually feeling ourselves and actually taking care of ourselves. And what I believe, based on my experience, the first step at chipping away at depression with a perfectionist is actually acknowledging our pain and acknowledging that we are depressed and committing to recovery that won't be perfect, that won't live up to our perfectionistic standard. And this really boils down to releasing shame and releasing a bad overgrown value of perfectionism with self-compassion and self-acceptance. Because one knows if you remove a habit, you have to replace it with a better habit. Taking the first step, first we must acknowledge our perfectionism and where it comes from. Is it placed on ourselves that we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves and our extremely harsh self-evaluation in constantly criticizing ourselves, nitpicking ourselves, really just not letting us move forward before 
we are perfect, which will never happen? Or are you, which is more like me, believe that our social context, where we are, what we're doing, what is expected of us is super demanding and we're we're being judged by if we're actually meeting these expectations and the goal is to do whatever we're doing perfectly. So that's how we gain approval. That's how we gain social respect. And these are the two perfectionistic tendencies that I think are most connected to depression. Less about you judging others, which can play a role, but more of you judging yourself or feeling that you're being judged by other people. So what did you learn was shameful or not allowed when you were, you know, growing up? Was it you were unallowed to fail in school and the way that you felt that you had to gain love, that you had to gain approval was to be academically perfect. And when you feel depressed or when you feel awful, you still keep up this facade of being perfect just so you feel like you're gaining some sort of approval from someone while feeling depressed inside? Or is it that assumption that you have to look a certain way to actually be out in the world so you always are super put together, you have your hair done, nails done, everything done, your car is always clean, your house is always clean, You have to look presentable to even do anything and you're basically shamed that if you look dirty or if you look not put together, then you're failing. I know each one of us probably has a couple or a few of these things. What do you feel like you're lacking and what are you covering up so that no one sees what you're lacking What are you projecting? What facade are you putting up so other people will be distracted and not see what you see as your flaws? And then also ask, is admitting depression a flaw? For a lot of people, admitting depression would be a flaw. A lot of it stems from the stigma of mental illness and depression and just the idea that depression is a failure of some sort. So have you self-judged yourself? Have you criticized yourself? Have you disapproved of yourself for being depressed? Would admitting depression be a flaw? And this can be really hard because of our fear that if we actually start feeling, if we actually start crying, we'll never stop feeling or crying. Or if we ever just stop and pause to actually feel our emotions, we don't know if we'll ever get back up. So then we default into being withdrawn and detached and really just compartmentalizing us, our emotions and what we need to do and what we feel and what's acceptable. Is happiness acceptable? Is happiness not acceptable? Or is happiness acceptable and sadness isn't acceptable? We compartmentalize Everything that we're feeling, everything that we're doing, and everything that we can show and not show to an extreme sense where you may feel like that we're living, you're living a double life. If you do resonate with this, the emotions that you're feeling that you haven't really engaged with for so long, they may be really, really unbearable for you. And if you've struggled depression for a long time, or not even if you struggle depression, just if you're just human, I guess, and haven't really felt, if you haven't really felt your emotions engage with them, it may be unbearable for you to actually engage with them and actually, you know, talk about them. 
because our nervous system isn't used to that much feeling. Yeah, and that's why one of my issues with talk therapy, even though I've been through it and it's great, oftentimes depressed people are told, oh, go to therapy or oh, go, go talk with a friend, talk about your problems. But that's oftentimes the last thing that we want to do because these feelings are so unbearable. And unfortunately, this causes a lot of people to A, not go, or if you do end up in a therapist's office, the action steps that you have to take are pushed back more and more. They'll just ask you questions. So we really just have to cut through and tell ourselves we got to do it. So whenever you actually want to recover, you really just have to cut through and say that you're going to do it. So today, as your non-therapist person, that we're committing to them perfect work. So if you're perfectionistic, this is going to, this will go against your perfectionism. This will go against what you think your work, the work will be, should be, meaning that if it's not perfect, then it's not worth it. But the reality is that any work that we do, any actions that we take with depression against depression, living an antidepressant life will not be perfect because a lot of it is, as I always say, trial and error. So you can't try to make it perfect. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't fake it by denying your feelings. We have to just start moving, start taking action and start taking imperfect action because imperfect action will bring us clarity and what we need to do and what is needed. Yeah, so any anything that is needed. And what we really need to practice and tap into is our self-compassion, which is not something that we are generally taught. And I think unself-compassion has been normalized in recent years, but we have to start trying to give us ourselves more self-compassion. Give yourself permission to be depressed. Give yourself the permission to be a depressed person, to feel empty inside, to feel disconnected, to feel lost, to feel hurt, to feel in constant pain, or just numb to it all. Whatever you're feeling, accept that and don't bring judgment to it. Don't bring charge to it. Just accept it as something that's neutral, something that's fact. Because if we judge something, we'll bring charge to it based on what we expect from ourselves, what our history is, what's been told to us. And this is not something that is actually good nor bad. It's just what it is. So that's your assignment for this week is to figure out, are you ashamed of having depression? Is depression in your mind a flaw, a fatal flaw? And have you been, you know, living a double life? Are you the perfectionist with the perfectly hidden perfection? Then commit to yourself that you are going to do the work to get out of here, to get out of depression, to do the imperfect work. So the action of the week is for you to commit to change, to commit to creating healthier habits, to commit to rejecting the idea that depression will be a part of you forever. That is a death sentence that you have to suffer forever and the a permission to do the work, to take the action messy imperfectly and to try and fall 
and get back up and try something that may help you. So if you are with me, if you are with me in creating connection, creating self-acceptance and creating purpose, if you want to feel fully alive and connect to this earth, if you want to reject and stop feeling as if your life is leaking out of you and that you are broken because you know that there is something more, I want you to write yourself this permission slip to make the changes that are needed and to commit to this journey. Okay, so write yourself this permission slip. This is taken from my queen, Kathy Heller. So write yourself this permission slip. Dear, and your name, so dear Arena, I give you permission to be messy. I give you permission to play. I give you permission to do the mediocre things, to take mediocre action. And I give you permission to trust the process, love, and then your name. So love, Irina. And I want you to actually write that out, actually. So write it out and commit to that and put it somewhere that you'll see it. Um, Put it on your phone, set yourself a reminder. And if you didn't write it down, I see you. And I just hopefully that you'll just give yourself permission to dream bigger dreams, to actually hope for getting out of here, to hope for getting out of depression, and the permission to have bad days and to fail sometimes. But most importantly, commit to the lifestyle, to the mindfulness, to the habits that need to be changed. Um, to work as an antidote to this world, to depression that disconnects us, that isolates us, and brings us so much pain. So that's the end of this week's episode. I will see you next week on Tuesday. Um, Thank you so much for the response. Leave me an iTunes review, and if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.